the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. So what does your life show? Peaches and cream? We'll explore it next. Join us. You know, people really think that once you become a Christian, all your troubles go away and nothing could be further from the truth. The fact of the matter is, troubles come and go whether you're saved or not, and salvation has no bearing on those troubles. But how you respond to them, how you grow in them, and how they affect you as a believer in Christ makes all the difference in the world. And that's what we're exploring today, saved but struggling. Here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here in Romans chapter 7. The more you expect from your partner, the less you'll get. Because something called sin and pride kicks in. You expect me to do this to have your love? Yeah. Forget it. I thought you married me for me. Well, I got you. Now I need a housekeeper. Now I need a cook. Now I need a man to make me a good living. And I I need you to take care of the lawn. And what happens in marriage, you'll find you move from the attraction and you move to expectations and we all disappoint each other. And so you move into frustration. I'm married to someone that I've lost the attraction because I'm buried in a pile of unmet expectations. They just aren't meeting my needs. And there's a, oh, there's just a famous one. Why do you guys want to get divorced? They just don't meet my needs. Well, they sure did in courtship. Well, then all I wanted was a good-looking gal or a handsome guy. And as long as we could just, you know, look at each other and be goo-goo-eyed, it was great. It's these expectations that seem to be hurting Expectations, attraction, expectation, frustration. And then we're looking to bail out. And what we really need to do is refocus. I'll give you some R's to think of it. It starts out as a romance. And then it moves to requirements. Then it becomes a rut. Am I there? Uh, and then it's a relationship that has to refocus. Because, man, I've known people, they, they, they sleep in separate bedrooms, but they're married. Uh, everything's separate, even checking accounts. They're just uh, roommates. They share the same real estate when they sleep at night, but the marriage is over. Does that ever happen in marriages? Oh, please don't be naive and stupid. Why are we getting so many divorces in this country? Marriage isn't easy. 
marriage goes through those phases, especially when you add children. Because now you've got some other folks with expectations. And I think what happens, I, I see people, you know, before they get married, and the message today is on marriage. Don't worry. Hang on. I, I know where I'm going. You just hang on. You know, you, you get married, and you start singing, can't live without you, can't live anymore. And about a year later, I can live without this and much more. I don't know what I got stuck with, but I'm bored. Oh, I can't live. Then you start playing BB in a minor key. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone, honey. We're in a minor key in this marriage. Uh, No, no. I'm not racing home. The bar looks good. Matter of fact, overtime looks good. Because the hardest assignment with many of folks that are married is going home at night. When you've got to go home to that, when it's only you're going to start being graded from the time you go through that door, did you do, did you do, did you this? I know of a couple that I, I dealt with years ago. When he would come home at night, this is a fact, he would tell you that, not in this church now. He would just put his hand over the top of the fridge and see if he'd been dusted. And then he would give her a grade. Good dusting, bad dusting. Now, you know that just sets you up to want to kiss him. Come here, I, I want you. No, no, she had this frying pan. Come, bring it on. Bring it on. I want to grade your lip. Boom. Because she knew well this relationship is based on you passing all of my expectations. I've got requirements. And guess what? This is what we do to Christianity. Let me read you a little analogy I wrote. Suppose we compare our lives to the woman whose husband died. This first husband was named Mr. Law. He commanded the wife, but he never did help her. He told her how to keep the house, but he never helped. He told her she was getting fat, but he never did anything to compliment her. He was always right in every argument, and he always reminded her of how wrong she was. He always made her feel inferior and seemed to draw out her worst side. But... Without her planning it, her husband died. He no longer has any authority over her. Along comes another husband named Grace Emanuel. And he proposed to her. And he said to her, I want to treat you like a queen. I want to pick all the debts you've had up to now. I want them to be mine. I'm even willing to pay for your dental work. Uh, I'll get you a homemaker. We'll get someone to keep the house. You see, I'm wealthy. I want to pay all your debts from the first marriage. 
I would like to give you beauty for asses. I want to see you go to a salon once a week. You've been looking like a teamster girl. I want to dress you up so you look beautiful. And you can't believe what cosmetics and a good hairdresser and a nice wardrobe can look to a haggard woman. And you're haggard under this first husband. He took all the life out of you. But I'm, I'm not worried about you keeping my house. I'm not worried about you. Uh, I like you just the way you are. I just want to love you. I want to pay all your debts. I just want you to love me back and be available. Uh, and you say to him, surely, surely I have to keep the yard. No. Surely you want all these beds made and this and that. No, we can get that paid for. Uh, but my old husband, you're not married to your old husband. But my old husband always graded me. He, he said I wasn't, I lost my beauty, lost my figure, and all I was good for was kids and housework and do this and do that. And matter of fact, he's forgot our anniversary with the last five years he lived. We didn't even celebrate. Why celebrate pain? Well, I want to tell you, now that you're married to a king, now that you're married to a God-man, all debts are paid. All expectations of doing things for me are done. I want you, and I want you to love me. I just want you to be available. I want you standing at the door when I come home, and all you got to do is put a big lip lock on me and say you love me and that you're thrilled to be my woman. And if you will keep that focus, you and I will have a romantic marriage for all of our days. And don't worry, I'm never going to put you under the rules of the old husband. I'm not going to put you under all of that stuff. I know you blew it. You couldn't measure up. You never could. You never will. So the only rule I have for you is, can you love me? Can you be available to me as my united bride? And you, that sounds so good, but some days you get blue, and you know what you do? You go out to the cemetery where you buried your first husband. And you just start looking there at the epitaph, first husband, Mr. Law, and you'll put yourself under those old standards. And while you're out there, you start feeling unworthy again. You start feeling insecure. I failed this husband so bad. I never could please him. I never could measure up. And you'll talk yourself into a down. And by the time your real husband comes home, you're down in the mully grubs. And you're down all low and beat up. Say, what's wrong with you? He said, you've been to the cemetery again, haven't you? Yeah. I was out there rehearsing what my first husband expected of me. I'm telling you, he died. And you've been joined to me. And you're not under his authority anymore. You're not under his requirements. You're not under his law. You're not under his dictates. You're under me. And I don't have you under law. I have you under love and grace. I don't want you going and putting yourself back under law. For under Mr. Law, you'll always be defeated, ugly, and feeling unworthy. 
I have paid for everything. I've given you beauty for ashes. I want you to serve me, love me, be available. But I don't have any power. Don't worry about that. I'm going to give you power in chapter 8. I'll give you more power than you'll ever need. But I, I, don't, I, I brought a terrible wardrobe to this marriage. I know that's why I clothed you in my righteousness. Well, I brought an, a, a nature. I've got some dispositional hang-ups. I knew that when I courted you, and I knew you'd have it until I give you a brand new body. But deliverance will come eventually. I'm not only in love with you now, but I'm going to give you a brand new body so we can celebrate for eternity. I know all that inside stuff that messes you up. True Christianity is always ruined when we import a legal standard for making the relationship. For you see, God got us out of the courtroom of legal requirements when he justified us by grace through faith plus nothing. Romans 3 through 5. Now we're in the family, not just in the family. I am the bride to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I've been united to him. I died with him. I was buried with him. I've been raised with him. I am so intricately tied to Christ. He can't get rid of me because I'm a part of his body. He'd have to amputate his body to get rid of me. He immersed me into his body so that I'm so one with him. It's an indissoluble union that neither life nor death, demons and other powers can never sever. I'm married in God's sight to this risen Christ. And my Christian life is not measured by a set of rules. It's all measured by I'm focusing on the risen Christ. I have the indwelling spirit and I walk in faith, not in fear. God told Israel in Ezekiel 16, one of the most remarkable descriptions in all Scripture, he he gives this picture, the prophet does. He's describing God's love for Israel, and he uses an analogy. He said, Israel, when I found you, I found you squirming in the afterbirth of the placenta. I found you in a wilderness, and you were squirming in this blood. The umbilical cord had been cut. You hadn't even been salted. You had not been cleaned up. You hadn't been put in with those beautiful receiving blankets. You were just a bloody mess when I found you, a bloody mess. And I found you in the wilderness, and when I saw you, you were ready to perish, and I decided I'd pick you up, and I wouldn't let you perish. So I took you, I washed you up, cleaned you up, brought you to my house, and then I began to raise you with this young girl in my house. He said, you know what? As you grew up, you came to the time of puberty. And at that time, I furnished you this magnificent wardrobe. I put oil on you. I put jewelry on you. Matter of fact, he develops her whole ladylike development. He said, you became a beautiful young lady. And I thought, you know what? I've got this much invested in this young girl. I need a wife. Why don't you be my wife? You're a knockout. I want you to be my wife, Israel. And the little girl says back, there's a young woman, says, no, I want to sleep with Egypt. I want to sleep with Assyria. 
I don't want you. And he said of her, he said, she didn't become a prostitute because she didn't charge anything. He said, you're worse than a prostitute. You're not even giving your love for money. You're out here. You'll give it to anyone but me. Anyone but God. The one who rescued you in the wilderness. You'll offer your sons to Moloch and burn them alive and You offer up your girls to Assyria, and they rape your women. They kill your babies, and they turn you into moon worshipers and incense burners. What's wrong with me? I can be a husband. I can be a lover of God. Why not get in my arms? And the sad story is Israel had to go among the nations Scatter herself because the God who rescued her was not good enough for her to put herself into his arms. And so they ruined Judaism and they became banished in the earth in need of a great regathering. And I see the church, I see the bride of Christ. Christians struggling, lost the joy. They give themselves to everything. Their job determines what they do. Uh, this determines it. That determines. They're in the arms of everything, it seems like. Or they've got this idea that Christianity is so hard, nobody can live it, not even the Apostle Paul. Because they've turned it into a works thing. They've turned it in. That's the legalism you find in Christians. Oh, there's none of you qualified to set the standard. You're too big a wreck. There is a standard for getting to heaven. Nobody in this place is going to make it. For we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. From the preacher on, nobody qualifies. But anyone could qualify to say, I'm available. I want you, Christ. I can't keep the law in my strength. I can't keep anything, but I take you. I want you. You're going to be the focus of my life. And you know, you get this when you get with Christians. You get with some people. Like, you know, I, I preach in different churches, and you'd be amazed at the stuff people talk about in church. And talk about this and that. And every once in a while, you'll meet some old saint that says, Isn't Jesus wonderful? I go, wait, wait. You just got saved, huh? You haven't started running with the cranks yet. You've got to be saved a while, and then you become cranky. You become critical. You talk about all the church, everything wrong with the church. Howard Hendricks says, never get a new believer with an older Christian because they'll turn them into a crank. Are you a cranky Christian? You know more what's wrong about this place and what's right. You know what's wrong with you? You've taken your focus off of Christ. Friends, this church that I belong to is over 1,900 years old, and we met in catacombs. We've met in in arenas. We've met where gladiators killed us. We've met in anything, any condition. We hide in bamboo huts in China. We meet in cold places in Siberia, Russia. I'm a part of the church of God that goes from Acts 2 all the way through. And guess what makes us show up? I don't show up because I'm preaching this morning. I show up because I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And I'll see believers, well, do you do this? What's your church government? What's your budget? And I sometimes just want to throw up. 
I said, you don't, I don't even know that you're a believer yet. You're just full of church talk. Well, what's your music like? Are you classical or country? We're just do it. We do whatever we can do. That's what we do. Well, I'm kind of in this. Well, get into it. I'm into this. Are you into Christ? Are you into Christ? The last time I looked in his face, he has never diminished his glory. He's the most attractive thing about Christianity. And the most wonderful thing is when his people get to looking and acting like him. That's what makes you dear to me, is when I see Jesus in you. You know, I've shared this before. It's weird, but it's true. When my dad died, I couldn't wait to be with his brothers, because this is weird. Family members smell alike. They look alike. And I'd get with my dad's brothers, and I would hug my Uncle Frank, maybe Uncle Zach. There's Uncle Faye. He's a little honorary. He was harder to hug. Uh, but, but these other two, just get with him. It's just like, I, I just like, I smell my dad. I see my dad. They got the same color hair. They got the same look in them. You know what is really attractive about God's people? It's what I look for. I'm looking for Jesus in the saints. I'm not looking for their faults. I already assume that. But I'm looking, can we get to Jesus? Well, what's Jesus got to do with it? everything. And once you've lost him, you've lost your first love, and you're the bride that's in love with working for him. You're the bride in love with what you do for him, but you're not in love with him. Don't get in love with your ministry. It could be gone in a minute. Stay in love with your master. That's the one thing we can never afford to lose. I love this old song, Deborah and Curtis, some of them learned it for me. Because I love these two stanzas. Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. Let not conscience make you linger, nor a fitness fondly dream. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. I can be a wife to a husband that the only thing I got to do is say, I need you, honey. I need you. I want you. I'm not a great cook. I'm not a great housekeeper. I'm not the best looking woman you'll ever see. Maybe I'm a little heavy too, a little bony maroney. It doesn't matter what. But you know what? I'm not this and I'm not that. But I heard you say all I need to say is I need you. And I can say that for eternity. He said, that's all I'm looking for. As a people who admit their need and say with Tozer, I desire to desire thee. I want to want thee. Be my heavenly husband. And I will not live under a law system. And that's where I say to you folks, That's been one of the joys of me being here 33 years. I came out from legalistic Christianity. 
I have never let a board nor a congregation or anyone else produce 10 or 15 rules I got to live to be a spirit-filled Christian. I hate the system. I know Christ. He accepted me on the basis of grace plus nothing, not on the basis of my ability to perform. So I'm among you as a saved sinner. I'm kept by the same power you're kept by, and we have access to the same grace. I want you under grace. I know Mount Sinai will kill all of us. You've got to focus on Christ. Be available to Christ. Then the romance will never cool off. It will get better day. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station. We would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply. And no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.